This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Fanboy Special Edition Wonder Woman Bloodlines. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm with Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Ryan Haupt. 
Hello. The Animated Brain Trust. We're here to discuss Wonder Woman Bloodlines, the 36th DC Universe animated original film. There'll be spoilers, so if you don't want to be spoiled, you can stop now. What's interesting, guys, yeah. is that... Well, okay, let me ask you the question. Is this an origin <laughs> film? Oh, yeah. Ish. Kind of. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. It's an origin for this new shared animated universe they've been running for a little while. Because like, the, the last Wonder Woman standalone movie was also an origin, but it wasn't in the continuity of you know this costume, which is the only way I can tell anymore. This is directed by Justin Copeland and Sam Liu, who've done a lot of these, written by Margaret Scott, who's a comic writer. There have been three Wonder Woman films, two animated, one live action, and they've all basically been origin films. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Themyscira. Cool. <laughs> and it's you know it's and it's slightly different than the other two presentations of Themyscira and how the origin goes but so it's it's an origin story with a uh, like a time skip okay so there's a long cold open before the credits 18 minutes i checked because i was like hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird steve trevor lands it Themyscira, rescued by one moment. I like origins. I always defend origins. I know people, sure, comic yeah. readers are sick of them because they know them backwards and forwards. But I always find that usually how they came to be is the most interesting story for a hero. But it's just weird that all three Wonder Woman films have been either origin stories or partially origin stories, and it's just it's just weird. Yeah, I also enjoy origin stories. Like I enjoy. Superman, like the Superman origin story, it's just a, it's a great story, and there's so many different things that you can do with it, and they have played with it, and you know this isn't exactly the same origin story, although it is, you know, it's it's the same, it's the same beats. Like Steve Trevor and somehow ends up on Themyscira, Wonder right, Woman has to vouch for. He's fighting him. the Germans. And we'll, no, that's the other one. Yeah, this, uh, this time it's in the modern day. Well, I guess that's what they had to do. They felt that they had to modernize it. Yeah, it, it ties in with Justice League. So he's fighting an invasion from Apocalypse. So there's parademons instead of, yeah. I thought that actually made sense. Sure, you know, sure. Man, it it in. Is, yeah. is I, I, I think it's just, I think the origin fatigue with Wonder Woman is that there aren't other Wonder Woman stories. <laughs> like, there are other Superman stories that we've gotten right. that aren't superman origin stories so since like the ratio is just better <laughs> here all of the wonder woman stories we're getting are an origin story with a little bit extra right and but so he- if we maybe got some other things like some other wonder woman stories <laughs> that now we get her in justice league stories yes right but not, not for same. solo like wonder woman stories we just there aren't other other ones in these movies or the live action. Right. So she she rescues Steve Trevor from being trapped on Themyscira and they both go to back to Man's World and the film opens up with a five years ago title. But then it never really is quite clear when we are in the now. You know, we jump forward in time where she's clearly just we're still pretty new to Man's World and she's sent to go live with Dr. Julia Capitellis from the comics and her daughter Vanessa and then she's there for a long time living with them and then eventually we're in the present she changes costumes twice she starts off in the classic Wonder Woman costume with the or at least from the film the one now with the skirt the warrior skirt and then in the middle she changes into the current animated version that's got like the half pants and a lot of blue 
So clearly time has passed, and I, just, I guess we just assume by the end we're in now? Well, yeah. They, they never really make it clear. It's really like now we're in the established... Except she does a dramatic costume change back into the, the original yeah. Themyscira costume, and it's never explained why tactically that had to happen. I, don't, <laughs> I guess she's like, going back to Themyscira, so she wants to be in the clothes she left in. You know, I do that for all of my important sure. trips. Every time I go home, I, I wear the clothes I left you in. Go you go home, fit anymore. Yep. I don't want to confuse anyone. <laughs> Who are well, you bad. He was wearing different pants. So, I mean, it's basically... Uh, this felt very much like everything plus the kitchen sink. Yeah, that that did you I like was gonna it? say a mess, but that's a more yeah. That's I, I didn't it, dislike it, Ryan. I didn't like it either. I thought it was down the middle. I, I didn't like it. I <laughs> thought it was below the line of what I would call the middle, and about <laughs> yeah, two thirds to three quarters of the way through, I just started texting Josh about something else and got very distracted <laughs> with my text conversation with Josh. I did kind of drift as well. I mean, I did yeah. too, but it was just weird that. It was so not focused. You think Silver Swan's the bad guy, Silver Swan being Vanessa, the jealous daughter of the doctor she's living with, who Wonder Woman steals all her thunder. And then we've got Dr. Cyber, and then we have Dr. Poison, and then it's Medusa. Giganta's in there for a minute. Cheetah's in there, and Giganta, and it's like, who? And then Medusa's, like... The main villain all of a sudden, and then... Juicing up, and it, like, has... Whatever Giganta and Cheetah were putting into themselves. It's like whatever's going on in DC right now. And then also you have Veronica Kale. There's like six villains. Um, yeah. Which isn't necessarily bad, but I just you never got the sense of who who the bad guy was. Who was I really think the bad it's, guy. I think it's cool that they're using a lot of Wonder Woman-specific characters and villains and trying to give them all something to do. I think that's laudable. I also think it's cool that it's the flipped ratio. It's a very female-heavy ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't bring in like Maxwell Lord or like you right. know, some of the like other you know like dudes that they could have. Like let's make it. Ares. Let's do this villainy ink thing and have it be a lot of interesting women characters from the Wonder Woman lore. But I think it's too much. It yeah. feels like it's like if like I'm only going to get one chance to do a Wonder Woman story. And I'm going to throw everything at it. And the and the other thing is, I think I've, I wish there was more about like the villainy ink stuff with Giganta and Cheetah, and then Doctors Cyber and Poison, rather than the Medusa stuff, because they've gone so heavy on the Greek hierarchy yep. stuff with Wonder Woman lately. They seem unable to tell a story with Wonder Woman that does not involve the Greek gods. They haven't yeah. done it in like ten years. Even in the comics, you know, I, I really enjoyed the Azarello mostly Chang run, but it was still all about her and the Greek gods. Mm-hmm. I like her as a superhero. And so you're right. Like, if it had just been her against Cheetah and Silver Swan and whoever, I would have been really into it. But then, if, then it's all, of course, all about Medusa. And it's just like, well, she's also a superhero. In addition to being part of the pantheon, like, maybe just tell some superhero stories involving Wonder Woman. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But they seem incapable of doing that. It's not the only thing that makes her interesting. And that's, I get the feeling that's all they think about her, is that she, the only thing that makes her interesting is she's Princess Diana. Yeah, that, the parts that were most interesting to me were the Cheetah, Giganta stuff. I'll tell you what I did like is I thought the animation was really good, and I thought some of the fight scenes were really well done. And I, I was really impressed by the way some of these were directed. The opening sword fight between Diana and her mother, I thought had some really incredible angle work. Oh, nice. Some yeah. things got canted, and like it felt really dynamic. And then 
at the end, there was one shot where the Amazons are shooting arrows, and you, it was like a really sort of Peter Jackson-y shot of the arrows coming oh, sure. at the screen. Yeah. I thought that was really cool looking. I thought it was a really nice-looking film with some fun action sequences. I really hated Steve Trevor. Yeah. He was really bad. He was, like, quippy and sarcastic yeah. in ways that just never worked. The goatee was a bad choice. <laughs> um, he just look weird. Well, he's got that in the comics. That's they're playing off his look now. Mm. I feel like they're almost trying to give him voice by Jeffrey Donovan, who's he's a fine actor, but he wasn't. He didn't really burn notice. Him. Yeah. Uh, what is burn notice? What is what is burn notice? He, he just felt like they tried to give him the personality of Chris Pine. Sure. But Chris Pine was legitimately funny and charming, whereas this felt like C three PO in the prequels, where every time we cut to him, that was a bad pun or a bad joke. <laughs> And I really hated that. The voice acting, I thought, overall was strong, other than him. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was, it's... This is... and, and there, uh, I mean, Rosario Dawson is, is the big name. Otherwise, it's it's a lot of, um, like, video game voiceover actors. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, people who do this, like, all the time. Which is good. And I prefer when they do this rather than the stunt casting when they get, like... I, I mean, Rosario Dawson has done, like... All the Wonder Woman movies, except for the first one. Originally, so it, was the first one? it was Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, no, Michelle original... Oh no, 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 no! She has played Artemis. Of the modern continuity, it was Michelle Monaghan in the first Justice right movie. But I mean, I mean, I just mean she is not not that she has played Wonder Woman every time, but she has been in a lot of these. Yeah, yeah, she has, yeah. And she has played like Artemis, I think, was in the the original. first Wonder Woman movie, right. which is one of my favorites of this line. One. Although I have to, I was thinking about it. I have to go back and like revisit that because it's been so long, <laughs> and I just keep saying that it's my favorite, but I barely remember it. At Paul, this point. before the next show, I need you to watch all of them again. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do just like a greatest hits? What if, what if we pick like? <laughs> well, four? you're gonna have to watch them all to make sure which ones are the greatest ones. Oh man. <laughs> So. That's, that's a fair point, but rank all thirty six right now. I, I think I think this is sort of like because Wonder Woman is so the fish out of water character. I feel like Rosario Dawson is kind of wasted on this hmm. because she just Don't kind worry, of has Paul, very stilted lines. I've got a fish map. <laughs> Crucial plot point in this movie: map of where. Crucial, fish yes, that's true. Well, in the beginning, in the first, not the very beginning, when she goes to Earth, not Earth. She's always on Earth. When she goes to Man's World, Man's World. It's a man's world. She's very, like, all of a sudden can't speak proper English. Right. She's looking around right. and she's thinking the geography of DC in this scene makes no sense. But then, like, <laughs> previously when she meets Steve Trevor on on the mascara, she speaks fine. Right. So it's like all of a sudden she lost, like, half of her vocabulary and she's speaking. <laughs> like, it's that whatever memory wipe they do to make her forget where the mascara is, it's a little indiscriminate, it unfortunately. Was, it, was, it was weird. There was a lot of things where I was like, why did that happen? Yeah. And which is a bummer, because like you said, Paul, I liked the first one on the movie a lot. A couple of things I liked. I'll, I'll see if I can maybe say some positive things. Purple Ray is great. Yeah. I'm always yeah. glad when any you know larger budget than your typical comic story leans into some Silver Age zany wackiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need the Purple Ray to come back as like an important deus ex machina, or however Ron says it wrong, at the <laughs> end of the Chekhov's movie. Chekhov's Purple... Yeah, I just, red, I just thought it was cool. Like, like, okay, Steve got beat up in his plane crash. We can purple ram. Like, I, 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 that's all I needed of it, but um, I appreciated that. I, I know I was joking about the fish map thing, but I thought that was kind of a fun device to map out where the mascara was hiding. I didn't anticipate that we were going to get an introduction to Ferdinand the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. Michael Dorn. Yeah. 
makes a mean salad, mean-looking salad, and there's a little bit of LGBTQIA representation, vaguely hinted at with the, the I can't remember what the sidekick character's name, Steve Trevor's well, sidekick. Not, not, not vaguely. I mean, Edda Candy? Edda, she was very openly a lesbian. Yeah, she was saying, introduce me to some Amazons. Yeah. And then I thought Cheetah getting tied up with the lasso and trying to talk her way out of it, but not being able to lie about her motivations and whether or not she was worthy or deserved to be let out was pretty funny. Right. I thought that was good. Paul, what did you like? What did I like? Um, uh, I talked about... I, I said things I liked already. <laughs> Pass. Pass. <laughs> I have, Paul, watched the first Wonder Woman within the last couple of years, and it did hold yeah. up. It's, it is good. And yeah. Obviously, the live-action film is terrific, and it's just, it just was a bummer. Right. And it was a bummer to see the origin. I mean, I think the reason why I mentioned it was still kind of about the origin story is because she gets the... Invisible jet towards the end, so it's still kind of it's still introducing the elements of Wonder Woman throughout the entire film. It was just a strange choice, a real strange choice. It's not like we needed an origin for this Wonder Woman. She's been in these movies now for years. This yeah. version of her. Here's the thing: I like. I don't think they execute on it well enough because there's so much going on. But the the conceit of this young woman being very jealous of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And that stewing over time and then getting to see Wonder Woman like so positively represented like she's a superhero. And when she first met her, she was not. Mm-hmm. And like to see her like this is this woman that has very little context for like our social cues and, and culture and stuff. And we've had awkward run ins in this house that's too small for all of us to be living there. And I'm trying to like figure out who I am as a person, and then I live in the, live with Wonder Woman, who mm-hmm. one day says like I'm going to be a superhero now. I'm going to go off and do what that guy in Gotham's do, and so that's interesting. And then, of course, like she goes full tilt into evil. One of the things that like kind of shocked me in the movie is like Silver Swan is on the cover. Mm-hmm. They're setting her up to be the ultimate, you know, the big bad of this movie, and then. Wonder Woman takes her out, like, instantly. Right. Like, her debut. Not that every movie has to be structured the same way, but traditionally, that's where she would kick Wonder Woman's ass. Right. And Wonder Woman would be reeling from that. But she shows up, and Wonder Woman takes her down like she's nothing. And then she gets sidelined in a tube for most of the movie, and then comes back and gets sidelined again by Wonder Woman. Like, Wonder Woman keeps beating her. And it's it's just the back and forth isn't it doesn't feel right. So I was just real. I was like, really? Like they give her all these upgrades, and then it turns out that she's just kind of trash. Like she's she's like no good at this. I don't think that's any kind of point they're trying to make. It's just that happens to be the structure of the movie, and Wonder Woman needs to keep rolling on. So this girl is a victim through the entire thing. And she never gets to have that moment where she's super powered over Wonder Woman and gets to take her down, yeah. even a peg. That was the part I was enjoying the most was that very beginning when, when she was trying to live with Wonder Woman and, and feeling completely inadequate. And that, to me, was the right. – and I hate being the person that reviews a film and says, well, they should have done it this way. But I feel like <laughs> the interesting movie would have been the slow burn of her in the background while Wonder Woman comes into her own as a hero – and then, mm-hmm. then, then the rest, the third act is their confrontation, and you can lose everything else. Mm-hmm. 
because everything else was not as emotionally interesting. Because obviously that's the whole point. Because they come together at the end. She's gone for good portions of the movie as one of them is fighting Cheetah and Doctor Cyber and Doctor Poison, and it just felt like they lost the chance to really roll her out over the course of a longer period of time than the sort of uh, five minutes of growth. It just it was weird pacing and weird moving. I also felt like the stakes of the movie were kind of undone. I know I said I liked the introduction of the Purple Ray because when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it's neat that they're using the Purple Ray. But the fact that when they defeat Medusa, everyone that was turned to stone gets transformed back and the Purple Ray is able to heal any and all wounds, including Wonder Woman's eyes that she had to self-blind herself from. So one, the people who got smashed while they were in rock form, that must be horrific when they turn back. Right. <laughs> Just really gross. And then two, like because you have the Purple Ray, there's no consequences to anything that happened in the movie. Like Steve gets brought back. Silver Swan gets cured of the virus that she infected herself with, and Wonder Woman's eyes get healed. And so it's just like, okay, why did we go through all this? What was the point? Well, yeah, that, that, that's comics, though. That reminds me of, uh, speaking of Chris Pine, the end of Star Trek Into Darkness, right. where they come up with a cure for death. Right. Why do you have to do that, Paul? Why do you have to remind me of this? <laughs> Man. I had this question in the third act. Is Medusa, other than just her scale and being able to like step on stuff, just the eye thing. Is Medusa more of a threat bigger or at her regular size? I had the same thought about Giganta because Giganta makes herself giant in a building she can barely then stand up in. And I'm like, well, that's not a good way to fight. In like a half crouch for <laughs> yeah, her like head on the rafters. Like, Why did they bring Dr. Julia into the warehouse? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, Why well, would so Steve Trevor do that? You're totally unarmed and untrained in this fight. You come in with, to the battle with us. So are you are you asking if, if if I'm saying like is it harder to avoid the gaze of a, <laughs> can she look bigger if she's like if, yeah if I don't I don't like, better is it harder to avoid the gaze of a thing that's that much higher than like you're not generally looking at like you could just look at her ankles and just keep fighting her ankles I mean, I and like not have people, to worry about right. meeting her gaze or does her gaze sweep over a larger area. I mean, some people might be extra spooked out by those really big snakes on her head instead of just the yeah. regular size. Snakes. I mean, there, yeah, the, like, yeah, there is the extra threat of a bigger creature. Like, she's like a kaiju now, but like, but if she also has a bigger visual range, the, like, it should be you easier have to, to lock get her to look eyes with, hmm. right? Like, it should be a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that, Paul. I, I mean, it also did. Maybe I haven't seen Medusa in the comics for a while, but it, I felt like there was a vague Kirby-ness. To this Medusa design? Yes, no, maybe? Uh, there were some like, glowing circles in the armor. Sure, there's lines. <laughs> Anytime there's circles, that's Kirby. Or Hickman. It's so hard because he's so he's such a part of the DNA of just superheroes yeah. in general. And so, I, I I mean, I wouldn't say like Thor Ragnarok levels of, you know, Kirby homage, but... No, I, I didn't. It didn't. I mean, I'm not saying it's not there. I just never. I didn't think about it. I just. I, I. I didn't like. The hey, I needed to design. think about something, Connor. I get so, you. <laughs> I was getting pretty bored with <laughs> it. I was thinking about dinner. I didn't like the Medusa design because it uses the really cartoony looking snakes. Mm. Like I would have preferred the snakes to look like more natural. I don't know, just scarier that way. Well, this was this was uh, a middling. Yeah, barely. I think it was middling. I think there were a lot of bad things about it, but there was—I mean, that's just my opinion on it. Listen, guys, this was no, this was no Suicide Squad assault on Arkham. I'll tell you that <laughs> for free. Either way, <laughs> like at either end of the spectrum, it was like 
neither as good as you thought that was or as bad as we thought that was. <laughs> right down the middle. See, he told you right down the middle. Yeah, so right, yeah, right. It's a bummer that you guys watch it digitally because now you don't get to see the showcase shorts that they've re. Yeah, it's really unfair. Like, just so I stick it on there. Because I even went to DC Universe. I was willing to sign up for a trial if I could stream the DC Animated Showcase shorts. And there's not even an option there. And so I'm very frustrated in what they think they're doing with these. Well, they're using them as an enticement to spend money on the, on the Blu-rays, which is what I, I did. I don't want physical media. Don't want it. <laughs> You don't want it until they take it away. I want physical media of things that I like. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I still buy physical media. I just bought the big Criterion Godzilla set. I'm very excited about it. When they take it away from me, I'm going to be like Christian Bale and Gerard Butler. I'm just going to perform Star Wars for the children live on stage. We won't need it. Well, I'm just going to keep watching my discs then. It'll be a little bit more like Be Kind Rewind. Your discs are going to have all sorts of Jedi rocks and extra CGI stuff in it, whereas my my version with Gerard Butler will be pure. It's possible I have bootlegs of the original ones, but that would be against the law. Send them to me. So now Ryan's breaking his promise. If you remember in the last episode, he promised he would watch Hard (laughs) Rock and talk about it. I tried so hard, you guys. So on the last I did not try at (laughs) all. I just I was just waiting until I was like Ryan send me a link to something and I spent probably a half hour googling like it was I was I tried a lot of different things and the main thing that comes up is just the news story saying this will be a thing that's included in the DVD and then no other information listen the half hour googling is a lot for Ryan he's a big DC lobbyist these days (laughs) and so he doesn't have a lot of time for that not technically a lobbyist I know (laughs) <laughs> Batman Hush had the Sergeant Rock short, and One Woman Bloodlines had the Death short, Death from okay. Sandman. Sergeant Rock, I was really excited for, and then it, it took on a whole supernatural element, and I was less interested. Mm. So it starts off as a traditional Sergeant Rock story in World War II, and then he gets teamed I got up. confused for a second. I thought you meant the Death one had a supernatural element. I'm like, no, no. yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Sergeant Rock teams up with like Frankenstein and you know, like all those monster squad. Oh. And okay. then they fight Nazi monsters, and I, you know, I understand. The You're not real do howling commandos. Yes, Connor. Nazis were monsters. You're not gonna have a straight up World War II animated short in front of a superhero movie. I understand. I was kind of hoping they were, but I understand they weren't going to do that. So I was just a little bummed. But I really liked the Death One. Okay. Written by J.M.D. Matias. It was about an artist, a failed artist who has been hounded by demons his whole life. Both literal and figurative demons. You know, he's got these demons that appear to tear his self-esteem down and tear his confidence down. Okay. And then he meets death and he paints her. And it was a really nice little short about this guy vanquishing his demons through death. <laughs> he has to die to do it, but he does it. I thought it was really nice. I thought it was a really, really nice short. I actually watched it twice. I enjoyed it more than Sergeant Rock. Visually, was it sort of... Similar to the Wonder Woman feature, or was it like totally its own? No, it's the same style. They're all the sort of the same it's style. It's the same style? Yeah. Okay. And then I think the next film is going to feature Adam Strange, I believe. I believe that's the plan. So it's too bad. I mean, I understand why they do it as an enticement. It's probably why they brought them back as an enticement to get people to buy the discs. It's a bummer. No, you can't see them if you download the film digitally. No, I'm sorry. The next one I think is Phantom Stranger by Bruce Timm and then Adam Strange. And then the, the like the twenty minute death in the family one they're planning on, which is interesting. And what are they doing for the feature length ones? Well, the next one, which I watched a little story about, is Red Sun, and it actually looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I want to be. Ex- I've been talking about this for years of wanting that as an 
adaptation. But yep. The last two have been such duds that I'm now I'm nervous. Well, I mean, this is one of the off-brand ones now, right? So it's not it's True. not in the continuities. We've for the most part been enjoying those, and this one's cool. They're all they've all got Russian accents. Jason Isaacs is playing Superman. Ooh. It's got all. It's got one woman. It's got Batman. It's got it's got Hal Jordan. It's, it looks really interesting. It looks very different. You know, Stalin's a major character in it. At the very least, it's going to be a very unusual. I mean, we've all read it, but it's a very different story than what we've been you know, watching in this series. So I, think, I think the last ones that we really liked were the Death and Reign of Superman. Yes, we liked those. The, I think those were pretty strong. We liked Gotham by Gaslight. Gods and Monsters. And Gotham by Gaslight was very good. And we liked Gods and Monsters a lot. I like Gods and Monsters a lot. I that's think going that's... back. Like, how many I... years ago was that? <laughs> yeah, but that was one of the off-brand ones. Okay. So, uh, that one looks interesting. The animation is not quite Tim version. Wait, what's off oh, outside of the, the continuity 52 yeah. ones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We didn't okay. love the Fatal Five one. No. But Red Sun looks fun. It's all full of Russian action and I like the Fatal communism. Five one okay. We don't need to relitigate Fatal Five. <laughs> so, who's playing Bernie Sanders in the... Justice League Dark follows after that, which is the sequel to the, the last Justice League Dark. We liked that one. I think we did like that one. Well, I bet that might have been in continuity. It was in continuity in this one as well. Ooh, Dietrich Bader is playing Lex Luthor. Yeah, Dietrich Bader is playing Lex Luthor in Red Sun. And then uh, we need to mention that, because we need to correct this from last time, Superman Man of Tomorrow, the scheduled third upcoming film, okay, is not an adaptation of the Azarello Jim Lee story. It's not. Which we spent nope. a good five minutes talking about last time. We did. Someone commented, and it was a helpful comment. Thank you, commenter. Yes, it seems like it might be a, a Superman Year One situation, but there's a lot. Of, there's not a lot of information on it. Oh, they're just using the name. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, the name of the Brian Azarello story arc was apparently for tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, so they're just so using we, the tomorrow. So we just misremembered the not very there's well, not like, a comic called superman man of tomorrow tomorrow like, and probably, tomorrow and tomorrow. a comic but i don't know that there's a specific arc and i think we were thinking that the brian azarello jim lee arc was called man of tomorrow but it was just called for tomorrow and so our interpretation that that was what's what the alan moral on what do you that's get for whatever the man happened no well, that's, there, he's got two that you're trying you're uh, what do you first? get for the man who has everything and whatever happened to the man of tomorrow what do you get for the man today that you could get him tomorrow? Which Paul, would be bonk to adapt. Yeah. There was a series called Superman, The Man of Tomorrow in 1995. It ran for 16 issues. Who was the creative team on that? Roger Stern wrote the first 10. Louis Simonson wrote the next four. And then J.M.D. Matias wrote the last one. And it featured art by, whoa, Tom Grummet, Paul Ryan, Ryan Souk, and Georges Janti. Is there any way that this is related to that? I would be very surprised. I'd be very surprised. This was like long-haired, flowing, mullety Superman. I'm gonna have to spend a lot of time thinking about what I'll, my answer will be for my ultimate like wish list adaptation. Now that they're doing Red Sun, that's right. And I'm excited. I mean, this this is a great Superman story. This is for years one of the stories yeah. I've always said people should check out. It's a great Elseworlds story. It's nice and self-contained. It really works for something like this. It's only three issues, which I don't know that a lot of right. people remember that it's it's actually quite short as yeah. a comic. But, I mean, it really crams a lot in there in terms of big ideas, cool things that you could play a with. Of, a lot of great characters. Mm -hmm. If I recall, a great ending. I need to reread it before we watch there, it. It is a great ending. And it, also, cool. it includes 
maybe the greatest alternative universe Batman. Because <laughs> of the hat. Fuzzy, got, he's got the fuzzy hat with the bat ears. Yeah. He's, he's got it in I the animatics. To, in the I have a fuzzy hat like that. Should I sew bat ears on it? You can't hurt. Can you go to a convention? No, you should free. go to one of your lobbyist conventions in... Or your next meeting. Or your next meeting. So. With the, I mean, I usually, you know, next I usually close hearing on the hill. Take whatever hat I was wearing off. All my hearings have been open. I haven't been to a closed hearing yet. I mean, there's sometimes I have to register, but you know, what are they hiding? It's a star chamber. So I'll tell. You, I got all the notes. I'll tell you. Wonder Woman bloodlines. Um, we're disappointed. That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. Disappointed. Just bored. Yeah. Just I was just yeah. When I realized, like, oh, it's an origin story. We've had that. Like, we've had two really good. It's not like there were two bad ones. Right. That came before this. It was like there were two really good ones. To me, it's it's less. Like, let's that, do it again. But it's that now we're at a hundred percent origin with Wonder Woman. Three films, three origin stories. So now one hundred percent of these movies have been about the origin. That to me is the real problem. Do something else now, and they you know do they, something they, else. They, they do the, the standard tease the next story situation at the end but we'll yeah. see if that ever happens I, I don't necessarily want what? that story I don't, why did she give up her sword yeah they did tease they did tease that Dr. Crane was going to be the next big villain and I, I saw that and I was like I don't I don't care like she doesn't seem like much of a threat like they're very no. bad in this movie at presenting what sh- like should be a threat as threats like Wonder Woman just knocks things down and so there's there's no drama there I mean she's very powerful Paul she is and she should look strong but like veronica kale basically she's like i'm teasing this sequel and like so veronica kale should look like very menacing and like much more intimidating than she did so here's the thing with this film we have officially had more films after flashpoint than before that's a weird metric (laughs) how's the comic continuity doing in the post flashpoint well what's interesting is that if you recall the flashpoint film came only one year after flashpoint they very closely mirrored what was happening in the comics, but we have not had the same kind of updating to the world that they've had in the comic book world. It's like these movies are still existing from 2011 in the of DC. Right. It's weird. And it's been eight years and a lot's happened. Was when she gets into the Themyscira, like armor again, is that like, I'm done with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe. That was so 2011. I'm done with that. I mean, I still, I still submit that her redesign was the the least offensive of yes, all the redesigns. We've said that of all of them, yeah. For yeah, sure. no, I just, you know, you never, you never know what people need to be reminded of. It's so not I'm a just... bad redesign, but then when she gets back in her almost classic costume, you're like, yes, that's that's the good stuff. Were the Flash or the Green Lantern costumes that bad? Green Lantern, yes, because he's got the glowy lines on his like shoulders and. I think Flash had oh. lines too. There's yeah. always they're always the trying piping. to put lines on Flash, which okay. he does not need. Costume is basically perfect. Stop it. All right, so that was One Woman Bloodline. We doing a nah a rating? Why was it even called Bloodline? Just because it was Silver Swan was the daughter of a person. <laughs> Someone was the daughter of a person. Yes. Don't oh, okay. introduce this new idea now. At the end. Sorry, of the... I feel like the film introduced it. I know, but you're right. There's no reason why it was called Bloodlines. Okay, Just checking in. All right, so the only downside is that oh, like the, there's a lot of downsides. It's about mothers and daughters. That's Superman Red Sun did not have a uh, release date on it. Okay. It just said, look for it at the end of the featurette. It didn't even say soon. It just said, look for it. Look for look it. For and it. once you find it, look at it. For like the under my couch time. cushions? or So it's in next year, 2020. Yes, it says, according to the latest press, Red Sun, Apocalypse War, and Man of Tomorrow will be the three films in 2020. What if Man of Tomorrow is secretly a 
DC one million. Maybe. We can hope. I think it's a year one story. Yeah, that's the opposite. Yeah. So, all right. It's the opposite of, of one million. Of one. DC one million is yeah. All right. Until Superman Red Sun, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Ryan. Drive me crazy, said you won't stay with me. Blood, sweat, murder, black luck and trouble. Half full of sorrow and a whole lot of trouble now. Blood, sweat, murder, black luck and trouble.